Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. God's presence. I love God's presence. Did I ever, did I tell you the story about the late, true story, 1990, a, a lady walks into a haagen store in Kansas City, Kansas. Did I tell you that story? Raise your hand if you heard it before. Okay, I must not have heard it. I've told it a few places, but it has to refer to the presence of God. She walks into this haagen to order her ice cream cone. And, uh, you know, she's rifling through her purse, getting her money out, paying for it and everything. She's the only one in the store at the time. And uh, she hears the, the little bell ringing on the door as the door opens. So she knows another customer's coming in. So, so she's there getting done, you know, paying for ice cream cone. She turns around and she's face to face with Paul Newman, the actor. Now, those of you, excuse me, those of you under 30, Paul Newman is the guy in the salad dressing aisle, his face on the salad dressing. But before he was a salad dressing tycoon, he, he was a real famous actor back in the, the 60s, 70s, 80s and all that. So he walked in, he was doing a movie there. So he walked in for an ice cream cone and she was like, I, 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 and couldn't even talk. And so she just walked around him and walked outside the store and, and got out in, in, in the, in the, outside the store. And, and she thinks, wait a minute, where's my ice cream cone? I forgot my ice cream cone, how embarrassing. So she turns around and walked back in and the door opens and here slants, slants, is that a word? <laughs> Why not? That's a word. We're coining that today. He slants on out with his ice cream. True story. And, uh, and she looks and says, ah, like that. Her legs begin to buckle. And, and he says, uh, you're probably wondering where your ice cream cone is, shining those baby blue eyes, kind of like I do with Mrs. B. Hey, what's up? And uh, she goes, ah, she couldn't even talk. She said, ah. He said, you put it in your purse with your change true story. So what, 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 what does that have to do with the Holy Ghost and his presence? It has a lot to do because I'm, I'm thinking when I first heard that story years ago, I thought that to me is so amazing that this lady would lose and forget everything that she was about because she was in the presence of a famous actor. And how much more today we could forget what we're all about and all the pressure and everything that's going on in life when we're in the presence of an awesome, mighty Holy Spirit. And that's what this does. That's why we come together. See, I know that when wherever you go, the Holy Spirit, he's portable. We're portable temples now. Not like the old temple, uh, you know, before the temple was the tabernacle. God made it portable. It lifted up and moved when God moved. And that's us. We're those portable tabernacles. The Holy Spirit's in there. And when we move, he moves with us. I get that. But listen, wherever you linger, listen, whatever you're filled out, filled with eventually leaks. And I think it's cool that we should just leak the presence of an awesome, mighty God. And when we get together, we actually pop the cork. We're not just leaking, but we pop the cork when we come together Sunday morning or whenever we come together. Jesus said two or more together. I'm going to be right there in the middle of you. His presence. Why? So we can forget all the pressures of life and all the stuff that comes and tries to take us out. We can just forget that I'm popping the cork. Glug, 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 glug. Yeah. Popping the cork and letting the Holy Spirit come out. And when we all do it together, we'll all pop the cork. This is not my message. This is just... This is just introduction. I love God's house. And I'm talking about the, the, the church together. I understand. I know church is, is the called out ones, ecclesia, the called out. And that's people. That's us. And wherever we are, the church is. Because where you go, you are the church. But when we come together like this, it's powerful. There's something about it. That you can't, you can't, and that's what I'm saying, you can't manufacture this someplace in the world. They, they, they don't have this. And, and people who condemn the church or, you know, uh, you know, make fun of Christianity, they don't understand that something happens when people come together in unity with God. His presence overtakes sickness, disease, poverty, lack despondency, uh, distress. I mean, any problem that you're facing, God's got the answer. Does that make sense to you? 
I'm just, I'm just, I wasn't even going to say all this, Pastor Kristen, but I just thought, you know, this is so powerful coming together in God's presence when his presence shows up. See, when we're singing songs, I really don't care about if they missed a key or, or, or sang out a tune, you know, like our girls never do. Amen. Because, well, if they do, I don't notice it. You know why? Because I'm so caught up in the presence of God, I wouldn't even notice something like that. Because I hunger. We sang about hungry for God. We're hungry for his presence. Well, his presence is in you. You shouldn't have to hunger. No, 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 no. Listen, you don't understand. I love good food, and I put good food in me. You can tell. I'm a full gospel preacher, you know? But I'm going to eat again. I can't eat enough. Well, I can. My wife says I have. But you know what I'm saying. There's always more. There's always another meal. There's always another time in God's presence. And that's what I hunger for. And so I'm just saying that to say, that's a real good reason to connect with the local church. If for nothing else, just to come dragging in on Sunday morning because you've been beaten up all week. And aren't you glad that the church on Sunday morning is not the place where they continue to beat you? You had enough beating all week. So you come to church for some relief. We hope. I can't say that about all churches. I don't know all churches. But when the church comes together in assembly together, it's awesome. God approves of it. He says, just, just pop the cork and let what's in you come out and let's do it together. And you know, the Bible says that, that God actually sets down on the praises of his people. He, he sets down on a throne. We make a praise and worship makes a throne for God to come and just set his presence on. And then when, when he's setting down, that means that it's rest time, baby. All your problems, all your cares, all your stuff, forget about it because God's in the house. He's in the building. And that's good, isn't it? I love that. And you know, that's really been our heart ever since we started. You know, I remember a guy 38 years ago that got this crazy idea in his head and in his heart, in his heart first and in his head. He came home and told his new bride of one year marriage, told her, hey baby, I just believe that God wants us to start a church. And, and, and I tell you what this wise woman told him. She said, this is not maybe verbatim, but it's pretty close. I wish you would have told me this when you married me. And uh, so that, anyway, let's just, so I said to Kathy, I didn't know we were going to do this, but I knew we were going to, we're called to do something for God. She said, you know what? That's cool. Cause wherever you go, you lead, I'll follow. We're in this thing together. That was 38 years ago. And you know, over 38 years, I look at this congregation, this started 38 years ago. The, the vision has changed some, but really the vision hasn't changed because the vision isn't based on what man can think, whether it was me as Pastor Carl or Andy as Pastor Andy or uh, Chris as Pastor Chris in Florida. You know, the, the, the vision's the same because, because God has called us to his vision and his purpose. It's not that we create a vision, it's that we find the vision that God has because he's already got a vision for our lives. He's already got purpose for our lives, every one of us. This making sense to you? I want to talk about this just for a minute this morning. A minute? Well, like a Texas minute. Like we're fixing to be done in about an hour, you know. How to make your life count. Write that down. I want to talk to you today about how to make your life count. Because every life counts for something. Now, now, every one of us have a purpose and a plan from God. That's why I said with this, the vision of the church, you know, it, it wasn't like, well, let's see, uh, God, uh, we're going to just make up a vision here or, or a purpose for our life. No, God says, I have vision and purpose for your life. I just want you to discover it. You don't create it. God's the creator. We discover it. And we discovered it here. And, and uh, like I said, even though the vision does change a little bit under the whoever's in, in uh, steering or in governments or in, the, the, in charge or the head guy, I guess you say, the pastor, if you will, uh, in a local church, uh, it has some to do with their personality, but really the vision comes from God. And, I, and I, I'm so proud of your pastor, Pastor Andrew Baransik. He's got an awesome Czechoslovakian last name, if I want you to know that. 
Dubrensky, yeah, anyway. So, I mean, uh, I, I'm proud of what, what he's done with the local church, and then he's wanting to grow, and he loves to study the Word so he can, he can feed us uh, every week and, and bless the people, and, 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 he's, and he's discovering, you know, who he is in Christ. I mean, like we all are. I mean, he's continuing to discover, and, and he's finding his calling and his passion and his giftings. I'm proud of him. I'm pr- proud of Pastor Chris, what they do. Same thing. But you know, it's not the local church I hope I make sense. I'm going to teach for a little while. So, I mean, I'm not going to just maybe just preach. I'm going to teach because I really want to leave something with us today that will help us be a blessing to our world, to our community, to our local church, to each other, and to our pastors. Now, he's not here. And when he asked me to preach, I told him, yeah. And he said, well, you know what you're going to preach? I said, well, probably on the Holy Spirit. So I talked about the Holy Spirit, didn't I? Man of my word. But God really redirected me to kind of talk about purpose and vision of a local house. Because I, you know, um, I've been a pastor. And I know, you know, it's, it, it's glorious to preach the word on Sunday morning. It's just a, a wonderful, wonderful to say, God, that you would trust us, entrust us with people's lives that we could share words that would encourage them, would build them, that wouldn't, wouldn't uh, condemn them, that would, would uh, not make them run off, but run forward, run into more of you. I mean, what an awesome privilege, but also an awesome responsibility. So I understand that. I've done it for years. But you know, it's during the week sometimes when, you know, the, the pastors are struggling because, you know, they're praying and saying, wow, Lord, we, we need to pay bills this week. And uh, I, wish, I wish you would just have somebody write a check for a million dollars. Or, you know, you'd say, wow, these families, I just, if, if they could just hear, here's good counsel, this and that and that. And you see people fall apart or people run away or all these different things or people not keep their commitment. And you're, you're like, and, and you're like, thank you, God, for helping me love the people, even through the tough times. And anybody who's been any close to any pastor, see, every pastor senses this. And you say, well, not Pastor Andy. He's always so loving and blessed and funny and happy and got a wonderful family. He never goes through that. I know it, but everybody else, the rest of it does. The rest of us does, but he never does. No, he does, because every pastor does. Paul said it like this. He said, he said I have this care for the, for the people in the church. That's my words, but he says, I, I have this care that I can't shake for, for the churches, for the peoples, you know? It's a, it's a heavy responsibility. He'd never tell you this. That's why I'm here sharing it today because you need to know that. And you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking of all kinds of things are just going through my brain right now. I'm thinking about how the battle was won back in the old covenant with um, Moses. Remember Moses was uh, leading the, the Israel uh, through the desert and, and, uh, and, and they, were, they were battling. And what, what happened? He, he, God said, go up on the mountain and just lift up your hands. And when he lifted up his hands, the army of Israel, they uh, persevered over the enemy. Remember that? And when his hands went down, then, then the enemy was, was persevering. In other words, over, overtaking uh, Israel. When his hands went up to God, to worship God, what happened? The armies of Israel, they were conquering. When he was tired, his arms were tired, they'd go down. What happened? The enemies were conquering Israel. And he was watching this battle going on. And so, you know, what happened was some smart guys got involved in the ministry of helps. They said, let's go and lift up his arms. And so it was Aaron and her, uh, two, two of his guys, two of his elders, they went up the mountain with him and they held his arms up. And so as long as they're, it says, as long as his arms were held up, the armies of Israel prevailed. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's a beautiful picture of God's leadership our pastors, and when they are free to lift their hands and worship God, and they have the people come alongside, Aaron and hers of the church today, come alongside and hold up his arms, then the church prevails. There's a blessing in, in, in uh, holding up the arms of your man of God. There's a blessing in it. And the blessing is you find purpose for your life. Th- this lives out every day. See, I think we think it's, it's just like... Um, 
you know, little pink tutus and happy hallelujahs and, and magic, you know, dolphins or whatever, you know, just happiness all over. And we think that's a church and that we don't struggle. No, no, we struggle, but we struggle with purpose in mind. Because we want to try to see everyone saved, come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We want to see the gospel preached around the world. And, and, we, and we want to see families healed. We want to see marriages touched. We want to see children uh, serve God. I mean, we want to see all those things. And along with it, yep, we want to see the bills paid and we want to see the church grow. I mean, all those things, all those things are important, but all those things have a purpose in mind. The purpose is that the gospel is preached, salvation is preached around the world, that everyone has an opportunity to make Jesus Lord. They don't have to, but they have the opportunity. Amen? I want to do something that I used to do back in the day. Some of you might remember it. Give, give somebody a high five. Okay. All right. There you go. How many is getting something out of this already? Oh, my goodness. How many? I have that time left? Wow. Because I'm, I'm a guest speaker today, I get an extra two hours. Isn't that awesome? Give somebody another high five and say, I don't think so. Uh, in Isaiah 49, let's start there with a verse. And I want to just read some verses, go through a few things. And then, and then what I want to do at the end of our time together here, I want to just kind of give an altar call. You know what that is? That means, you know, just give us a chance to respond as individuals to the message, if it's touched our heart or tweaked something in us, you know, adjusted something in us, just to, to say, yep, I acknowledge that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for talking to me today. Amen? You getting something so far? All right. Isaiah 49, uh, verse 4 through 6, I want to read out of the New Living Translation. It says, starts out, I replied, but my work seems so useless. I've spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hands. I will trust God for my reward. Now, this here was Isaiah was quoting, uh, he was prophesying about Israel at the time that they felt like they were left alone and they had no purpose and they were useless. And I just, I, I, I came on that verse in the New Living Translation. I thought, man, that's how I felt that way before. I'm sure others have too. Anybody ever feel like that before? It's a, None of you? Really? Me and one other person? Oh my God, you need to get up here and preach. <laughs> well, I think you have, but I know it's, you know, it might not be, you know, faith to, well, I, I don't want to confess that. Well, I don't want to confess it either. I'm just being honest that sometimes I felt useless, like purposeless, right. like, you, you know, like, is there anything really happening, you know, with my life? But, but, but again, this is a prophecy. Uh, uh, that uh, Isaiah is speaking uh, for Israel. But then he goes on to say, I like this, and now the Lord speaks. I love it. Because I've, I've been in, I've, I've, I'll be honest with you, I know I'm sanguine and I have a lot of fun and I make my wife laugh so hard it looks like she's drunk. I love doing that. <laughs> but I have been depressed before too. My depression will last sometimes, I'm serious, 30 to 45 seconds. No, it's longer. You know, it's, it's been longer. I've experienced it before. Depression where, you know, a day, two days, three days, you're like, man. And then you say, I got to just shake this funk. What is going on? I know you, you're too spiritual for that. I'm just telling it myself. Because I know better. But see, that's the frailty of man. You know? Well, hey, I bet you never felt like your wife didn't love you. Yeah, I felt that before. But again, it was a feeling. And it's a wrong feeling because my wife has put up with so much wonderfulness that I give her. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I'm just saying, you know, this, this is reality. Yes, we are faith people. Yes, we have the grace of God that leads us and empowers us, of course. But I'm not saying that your mind doesn't get funky once in a while. Mm -hmm. You go to funky town in it. Come on, somebody. He says, but the, now the Lord speaks. I love this. I love the Lord breaking through and speaking to my heart. Don't you love it? So the Lord speaks. The one who formed me in my mother's womb to be a servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me and my God has given me strength. He's saying, now, that's, now the Lord speaks. See, because the verse before prophesying, that's before the Lord came, before Jesus came. And then verse six says, he says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. God speaking, the prophecy is about Jesus here. 
I will make you a light to the Gentiles and look at, you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Isn't that powerful? You say, well, what does that have to do with me? We're the ones bringing his salvation to the ends of the earth. Don't tell me that you're useless. Don't tell me that you're powerless. Don't tell me that you're purposeless. Because you got purpose. Jesus, Jesus restored everything so we'd have purpose again. That's powerful. Don't ever go around, well, I don't know. I, God, I don't, I don't, I'm really not called to do anything. Are you kidding me? God has made purpose for you. His dying on the cross was not, not just for salvation for you, but salvation for the whole world. You got purpose until everyone is heard. We have a purpose. Amen. So I love this. And again, I'm telling you, I felt this way before. How many have felt this way before? I'm not saying you led by it. You just have felt that feeling like, man, I mean, what, what's the use? Well, aren't you glad that God breaks us out of that and says, come on, are you kidding me? I've called you. I've anointed you. I've given you purpose. And, and, and here's a verse in Proverbs 29, 11. Now, I see, I've not really preached this message before. I'm just getting, God is just putting some in my heart. So I hope you're doing okay with it. Everybody okay? Okay, give somebody a high five if you're okay with it. And I promise you, that's probably the last one. I said probably because we don't want to distract, but Proverbs 29, 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, people are unrestrained. One one translation says, "Where, where, where there's no vision, people become uncontrolled. Wow. You know what uncontrolled means? That means anybody else can control you. That means uh, issues will control you. That means social media will control you. That means, you know, Hollywood will control you. That means the, the politics will control you. That means, you know, some other person will control you. That means your friends will control you. That means anything else will control you except the Holy Ghost. Without a vision, people become uncontrollable because they're uncontrolled. You know, and they just buy into anything. Can I hear an amen? But... Where you have vision, it actually gives you focus for your life. Say focus for your life. You know, that's good. I I thank God for his grace because he's turned us around. He's given us purpose. And he also will give us focus by the Holy Ghost. You know, I tell you, just a good way to get focus again, just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Say, God, what are you you saying to me? What's my next step? What's my next move? Because he knows the blueprint of, that God has for your life. And so when you, when, you, when you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, again, that presence when he comes, I mean, right there is, is a time for let him talk and say, wow, thank you, Lord. Okay, you're, you're refocusing. You're helping me refocus on what I'm called to do. A vision, write this down, a vision will bring focus to your life to see how you can make your life count. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.10. 1 Corinthians 1.10. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of verses here to back up what I'm saying, and then we're going to close, and, and we're going to do that by praying and recommitting. Here, I like this. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, the Living Bible says, let there be real harmony so that there won't be splits in the church. Be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. So if you say, well, what, what purpose does God have for my life? I'll tell you one of the purposes, maybe not exclusively, but one of the purposes God has for every one of us in this place is a place to connect with other believers. It's called the local church. See, some of us have been members and faithful members for years. Some of us are still checking things out a little bit. Some of us are, you know, I, you know, I go here because I like it, but I don't, I don't know if I'm committed or not. Well, and I mean, in all kinds of things in between. That's okay, but you can find purpose in connecting with the local church. You think about it, what would happen if you had 100 people in this local house that saw things the same way that when Pastor Andy says, you know what, church, it's time to give, everybody gives and does their best. And when he says, hey, guess what, church, it's time to reach out to the community. We're going to do something in the community. Hey, let's all get involved. And, and there's more than just the, the five or six same people, but everyone gets involved. Think what would happen if you had an army of 100 instead of an army of six or seven. Can I hear an amen? I think we'd get some stuff done. Now, this isn't tough, is it? Is this hard for you? No, it's just reality. It's, it's, how, it's how things happen. The key to harmony in the church is to be united in purpose. 
You know, a lot of times I've seen over the years, now I don't, I don't think it happens here at this church, but when I was pastoring, I probably didn't do as excellent a job as Pastor Handy. And so, but I would find there'd actually be some gossip, not a lot, but sometimes there'd be some gossip in the church, some wrangling in the church, some strife in the church. Yeah, the church you pastor? Yeah, the church I pastor. Not the, not the church that Pastor Andy pastors. You guys are awesome. You're supreme. You're off the, off the chain, right? But in that church, and you know what it came down to, what I realized, Billy, was that when those things were going on, those people had no purpose for their life. So they became uncontrolled about, you know, this or that, or, the, you know, why is it like that? Or why aren't you doing that? Or da, 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 da. And then you'd say, well, wait a minute, where's, where's the, you know, what about the, why, why aren't those people in, into that? Why aren't they acting like that? And you know what I found? Because they had purpose in the church. They, they had the vision and they had purpose and they wanted to see it come to pass. And so they'd stay out of that. And eventually that stuff would subside, hopefully, pray against it. And, and you know, the people who either straightened up or they left. Not this church, not Pastor Annie's church, my church. Are you with me? I know this is a little different than, than uh, the love walk that Pastor Annie exudes but I'm not Pastor Andy. I'm Dr. Carl. And, and I wanted to say this while he's, he's bonding with his brothers in the faith, you know, together this weekend. And I just felt it'd be appropriate time to share this. Because, you know, I think it's good to every one of us take um, inventory of where we, well, I'm, I'm right with the Lord. I know you are. I just, I just wanted you to take inventory about where you are with your local church. Listen to this, I got this little quote. When you're helping row the boat, you don't have time to rock it. Yeah. Isaiah 26.3. Uh, listen to this version. I love this. Isaiah 26.3. How many's getting something out of this still? How many still love me? How many know over, over all these years I don't care? But anyway, <laughs> I, I do care. I do. I really do. I know it. I do. Isaiah 26.3. God gives perfect peace. Wow, you want some perfect peace? We're singing about the peace of God today. Kristen, that was an awesome uh, uh, song of the Lord you're bringing out. Do you notice, by the way, that we have great worship leaders, and whether it's uh, Kristen who's leading or, or Katie or uh, really um, anybody that, that's leading, uh, they bring on a song of the Lord. That's not like, okay, well, was that wrote down someplace that we, that we um, practiced? No, that's the song of the Lord. That's right there in that moment that God's presence is is, is uh, on a heart, and that heart just comes out with a, uh, what we call a new song. There's really nothing new under the, uh, the sun, but, 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 it's, but it's new for that season or that for that time, for, the, for that spot right there. Isn't that powerful? And, you know, worship, you know, singing worship and, and worshiping God can open doors that the Bible says no man can close and, and, can, and can close doors on your life that no one needs to open ever again. That's powerful. I know I'm just all over the place, but, but I hope you're getting blessed. God will give perfect peace to those, look at this, look at this, who keep their purpose firm and put their trust in him. That's powerful. I'm just walking it out day by day. I got peace. Why? Well, I'm just doing what God called me to do. Well, you ever think you're going to do anything else? Well, if he tells me to do something else, I'll do that too. Right? Apostle Paul said it like this in Philippians 3.13. He says, I will bring all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting what's behind and looking forward to what lies ahead. My purpose. What's my purpose? Look at the person next to you and say, you have a purpose. And it's from God. All we have to do is discover it. And it just might, tell them, it just might have something to do with you connecting in your local church. Amen. Praise God. God showed me in the first years of starting the, the Faith City Church. Actually, when we first started it, uh, we, we called it uh, Faith Fellowship Ministries. And then, I don't know, about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that, we changed the name to uh, Faith, what is it? Faith City Church. <laughs> Faith City Church. Wow, that was, a, that was a 60-something year old thing going on there. Amen. Anyway, my spirit knew I just couldn't pick it up. <laughs> but anyway, Faith City Church, we changed it. But, 
but uh, God showed me in the first years of our church to not get distracted by a lot of good things we could do, but to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's what we, we had a purpose in a, in a vision statement uh, way back. And, and, um, and so what we did is we got God's vision for our church, and then we'd filter everything we do through that vision. And that's what a church should do. And you know what I found a lot of times over the years uh, when I was pastoring, I'd have people come in and say, man, I love this church. I love this church. This is awesome. This is the greatest thing since the Pillsbury Doughboy. And, you know, <laughs> you know, in the belt. You've not seen that guy? Oh, he's real. Oh, he's real. Oh, yeah. He, anyway, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, they come in, they think it was the greatest thing. But then a few weeks later, they say, you know what? The church I used to go to, you know, we did this like this. And, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, it really went well. And so, you know, pastor, you know, maybe uh, you should think about doing this like this. Because where I came from, we just do it like that. And where we came from, we used to do it like that. And you know what I wanted to say? Oh, yeah. You know what I wanted to say. (laughs) Did I say it? Mm, Probably not. I probably say, well, you know what? I don't know if we're called to do that. But that's awesome. What I wanted to say is, if you thought it was so good over there, go back. right? And, and I might have said that to a couple people, but they're not here, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, no, I'm just teasing. But, but, but seriously, you know, it was, like, and it was like, that sounds good. I mean, there's some great things that, that we could do, but great things are not necessarily what God's vision is for this house to do. Simon Peter says it like this, Matthew 16, 16 through 18. Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed because you did not learn this from man. My father in heaven has revealed this to you. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this revelation, I will build your church, Peter. And the, oh, what, 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 what? And, and on this revelation, you can build your church however you want to. That's it. He says, you're Peter. On this revelation, I'll build my church. Whose church is it? It's Jesus' church. It's his church. And the powers of hell will not be able to, will able to have power over my church. That's powerful. It's his church. Matter of fact, write this down. It's Jesus' church. He founded it. He died for it. He sent the Holy Spirit to infill it. And he's going to return for it one day. Isn't that powerful? He's the owner. And as the owner, he's already established the purpose for his church on earth. Make sense? I realized one day, years ago, when we first started this work, that for us to honestly do the right thing would be to represent God on earth. We would have to find his purpose, his vision for our church. Not just make it up, but find it. And so this is how we discovered it. Two verses, write them down. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to preach. I'm trying to do all that within this allotted time. And uh, I think we're going to get there. You doing okay? Yeah. All right. Matthew 22. This is how we discovered God's, it was two statements that, that, that by Jesus that summarized for us our vision for our church. Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40. I'm reading the New International Version. It's the one that Paul wrote. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Isn't that powerful? And then, and, and we refer to that as what? The great commandment. And then, then also the other verse was in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. And it says this. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And we refer to this as the Great Commission. Not the Great Omission, but the Great Commission. So the Great Commandment and the Great Commission were the, were the two responses that we saw that Jesus made that we said we need to build our church, Faith City Churches, on this. So... I want to read something to you here. So what we did is we boiled it down, distilled it down to this. Church, I, Jesus, 
authorize you to develop passionate and fully devoted followers of Christ everywhere you can with every recourse you can as long as you can. Does that make sense? That's what Jesus is telling us, Faith City. Church, I, Jesus, authorize you to develop passionate, fully devoted followers of Christ everywhere you can, with every recourse you can, as long as you can. Listen, I'm telling you, when we preach the grace message, when we preach faith, when we preach God loves us, when we preach the goodness of God, I'm telling you right there, that will make people fall in love with God and be fully devoted followers. It'll do it every time. It's not like, we're going to put you under, you better do this or else. No, it's like, why would we not want to? God is good. But see, even that vision statement is pretty long. So God gave me a way years ago how to say it for us. And it's like this, reach up, reach out, reach in. Remember that? Some of you have been around for a while, you remember that. That's how we distill that church. I, Jesus, authorize you to develop fully devoted followers of Christ everywhere you can, with every recourse you can, as long as you can, and put it in a can. Don't sit in a can. Unless you need to, go home and sit in a can. Okay. Reach up, reach out, and reach in. What does that mean? We reach up to God first, because when we reach up to God, we're saying, God, we love you because you first loved us. Thank you for loving us so much. And then what do we do? We reach out, we say, wow, look, we gotta tell people, we got the best thing going. We gotta tell people that in God's presence is fullness of joy and peace and all those things they're longing for and looking for in the world and can't find and being depressed over it because they can't find it. Let's tell them, the Great Commission, let's tell them and then reach in. Oh, this is so important too. You say, what's reach in mean? That means after you're loving God so much because he first loved you that you just feel like Superman, uh, you just feel good about life and you're, and you're sharing the gospel and you're like, man, you know what? I've got purpose and I've got gifts. So what do I do? Well, I look in. First I looked out to the world, but then I looked in to my local body and said, you know what? I got gifts here that can hook up there in my local church that can be a blessing to my church family. Kristen, you know, for years, that's what our vision, you know, how we stated it. Some of you that have been around for a while, you know that. We've, we've, we've redefined it even shorter. I'm going to tell you what it is in a minute as we close. But really, I love that. It's still, it's still valid. It's still usable. It's still workable. It's still, it's still good stuff, man. Reach up. To God first. I love you, God, because you first loved me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for even giving me the faith to trust you that what you say is true. And then, God, I'm looking out there in the fields. They're white, ready for harvest. Thank you, God, for saving me so I could share this gospel with others that don't know you yet. They don't know what they're missing, but I'll do whatever I can to help them find what they're missing. And then, you know, I'm so blessed all week long, worshiping God, loving God, I'm gonna come to my local church on Sunday and I'm gonna just look around and see how can I put my hands in to be a blessing. You know, to, to me, it's not enough for me anymore. It used to be, but it's not enough for me anymore, Pastor Kristen, to just come to church and not put my hands in something. Well, I mean, this uh, phase or season of Kathy's My Life, it's a little different. So we're not working a whole lot in local churches. But listen, I'm telling you, even as a pastor, whatever I could find to do to get my hands in to help. Because, you know, even if it was just picking up a piece of paper off the floor, because why? Well, because it was on the floor and it looked like somebody needed to love it. I love you, piece of paper. Come, let's go to the wastebasket. I found a home for you, you know? <laughs> that was weird, wasn't it? But, you know. You know what I'm saying? But whatever it was, whatever I could put my hand to, well, you, you know, uh, uh, you know. Well, how about was it? Was it? How about with babies? You like to diaper babies? Well, no, I don't like to diaper poopy, stinky babies. But poopy, stinky babies need to be changed. That's why God gave me a wife and a grand and a, a woman to live. <laughs> 13 grandkids. No, I'm kidding. I've diapered. I've diapered Pastor Andy plenty of times. I have, you know, a little stinker. Yeah, 
You know, I mean, and you think about it, that's scriptural. You know, the, 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 right now there's ministry going on in a lot of different rooms, not just here. And I know I'm taking a few more of your minutes. I've went through mine so fast, I have to take some of yours. <laughs> We're in this together. But I'm, I'm just, I'm wrapping it up. I am. But I have to say this. I remember getting a, a letter from a, from a, a, a mom and a wife that uh, it just basically said, thank you so much for the men's ministry. Thank you for what you've done with my husband because there's more changes in my husband in six months being at the church than, than there ever was in our life of, I think, like eight years. Yeah. I don't take the credit. I'm just saying God is good. Somebody ministered to him. Excuse me. I'm spitting over here. But Jesus spit on people and healed them. So... <laughs> I mean, people's lives being changed because, we, we, because not only did we reach up, I love you, God, because you first loved me. Not just because we reached out and said, those people need to get saved, but, but we reached in and said, there's a place for me working with children or working with babies. Ministry is so important, and you've got a place. You've got a purpose. Don't ever give in to that lie of the enemy and say, you know, I'm useless. I had no purpose. I don't belong here. I don't belong anywhere. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm different. Others might have gifts, but... Not me, no. Those of you that have found your gifts and you're reaching in to the local church, you find uh, fulfillment, don't you, doing that? I do. And I've heard so many testimonies of fulfillment you feel by you're helping, you're doing something, you're being a part of it, you know? Fellowship is more than just hanging out. You know, the guys are fellowshipping this weekend out there, but, it, but, but it's more than just, um, you know, we're just hanging. No, fellowship is actually going together with the same purpose and same direction and growing closer together in it. The, the, the purpose, you're going to grow closer together, but the purpose is that we're doing something together in it builds relationship. Have you ever found that like just getting cleaning days together and people coming together and cleaning you, people you didn't even know, you learned their names. So, well, I've seen them at church for a while, you know, and that, oh yeah, they're a great people. The next thing you know, you built another relationship with another believer in the church. It's a beautiful thing. If you say, I don't have any friends, hook up with a local church and find some people. Well, you know, everybody's a hypocrite. Well, one more is okay. Come on, come on, come on. We take all of us, you know? There's only a couple perfect people in this church besides Vicky. I'm one, but I mean, you know, but no, none of us are. You're getting some out of this. So, so how we say it, reach up, reach out, reach in. But, but we, we say it even simpler now, I think. And we say it like this, write this down. Love God, love people, and we serve the world, the people in the world. You know, we, we serve somehow. We find a way to serve. Love God, love people, serve the world. This help you today. No? Okay. How, how, many, how many figured out that I was talking to the people behind you? Come on. Yeah. Stand up with me if you would. I'm going to close with this. Thank you so much. You've been so loving to us and, and, uh, and receiving us and receiving this message. I don't think it's a hard message, but I think it's a, a little different message maybe to hear on Sunday morning. I don't know. I don't know. But I like, I like sharing it because i tell you why I shared it this morning. Because I felt God told me to. Because it's a good message to share. And you know, when, when uh, Pastor Andy and the guys come back next week, be sure to tell them that, man, your dad is awesome. Say it like that. Let's all practice that. Your Oh. <laughs> he already knew that, though. It's not a secret. Let's just, let's just gather around him next week. Just tell him, you know what, man? Hey, I want to help somehow. I don't know what the ramifications are. I don't know what the qualifications are. But listen, uh, I, I see some guys walking around here looking like, like they got some authority. And I could, I could stand around and look like I got authority. So, you know, I could be an usher, you know. You know or or I, could, I love kids. I don't know if they'd let me work with them. But, but well, you know, there's some qualifications, some stuff we do. But, but, just, but just let... Pastor Kristen know. Let her know today. Or let Vicky know today. Or let, let somebody know today. Let God know today. You know? Because we, we, could, we could use every one of us doing something and say, well, I don't, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could serve there. I don't know if I could do anything. I, I don't know if I have any gifts. You gotta give. Let's everybody try smiling. Just try smiling. Let's let's look. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? 
you'd be real good in the smile ministry. No, really. And we need some of those at the front door, people that love and smile and, and bless people when they first come in. You know, uh, anybody ever hear of John Maxwell? He's wrote some beautiful books on leadership. And um, one of the things he's, he's uh, taught me over the years is um, when he was pastoring years ago, he, he, there's a message. And I preached in our church a few years ago, a couple times over the years. Ten most important people you'll find in church on Sunday. And you know, the pastor is like a ninth or tenth on that. The, 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 per, the first number one person that you'll find in a church on Sunday morning is the greeting team. Because when people first come in, it's that first, that first impression. You, you never get a chance for a second first impression. And that first impression of, you know, this person, they're, they're loving, they're kind, they're compassionate. Wow, you can just feel Jesus in them. And, you know, children's workers are in there, the ushers are in there, you know, just a friendly face is in there. All before they ever hear a message. Some people come to the church first time and they've already decided the first 10 minutes whether they're going to come back or not. Why? Because of maybe how they were treated, not even intentionally. You know, and then the pastor can have the greatest message. He studied on his knees for hours and, and just on his belly sleeping, you know, whatever, because he's tired, because he's worked hard, you know, getting a message together. And the greatest message, everybody, like, that's a great message. Yeah, really? Yeah, and I'm not coming back because the first 10 minutes, no one greeted me. Nobody loved on me. Nobody said anything to me. They couldn't care less why I'm here. I love you. <laughs> I don't get many shots at you, so I'm doing it. No, no, I think, I, think, uh, I think that's honest. And we're a loving church. We are. We're loving people. We are. I'm just saying maybe find a place where to plug in that lovingness that you got all over you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. And thank you, Lord, for giving me the extra minutes that I was allowed by the people here, Lord. I don't want to take undue advantage of anyone. Father, I do want to deliver what you've given me to share with these beautiful, beautiful souls. And Lord, today is recruiting day in the house. Because Lord, we want loving, compassionate, fully devoted followers to Jesus. Perfect? No, no, no one has to be perfect. No perfect people allowed here at Faith City. So we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for compassion. We're looking for truly humble and gracious believers because of your great grace toward us. We can love somebody. We can work a soundboard. We can play an instrument. We can sing a song. We can ush. We can greet. We can play with babies. You kidding me? I've diapered, not me, but someone's probably saying, I've diapered babies for years. I know how to do that. Well, you can, you can do that here. Again, it's not so much about the practical. It is the practical. We need warm bodies, okay? But it's not just the practical. It's the spiritual. It's I'm found my place. I found a place to use my gift. I, I'm convinced today that I could put my hand to something. I could help somewhere in my local church because this church has been a blessing to me. I want to bless it back. Some might say, you know what? I don't know what I can do. Pastor Kristen, come on up here, honey. And, uh, come on up here. And uh, you're representing you and Pastor Andy today. Um, you might say, you know, I don't know what I can do or what I'm going to do or even if I'm going to do anything, but, but God talked to me today. God talked to me today, and I'm open to whatever he wants for my life here at Faith City. Because see, if you're, if, you're, if you're in the wrong place, we can help you find your place. But I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I don't think we're in the wrong place. I think you're in the right place. Matter of fact, if you think about it, you're probably the one that, that God, do you know that God interrupted me? I don't like being interrupted. I had a message to go on the Holy Ghost and I, I had it all down. I could preach it upside down and would look like, wow, that dude, that is awesome message on the Holy Ghost. And then you, because of you messing in my stuff, got the Holy Ghost to have me change this message for you today. And I'm like, Pastor Kristen, her and, and she represents Pastor Andy too, the pastors over this house. 
And um, I've seen her heart over the years and just serve God in all facets of life and all when her kids are growing up and when, you know, it just everything, hell breaks loose and just, I'm going to go with God, even though I want to kill somebody. I mean, we all felt that way. And I, I'm not saying Andy, I'm just saying, you know, the devil. Yeah, your kids still growing up. <laughs> Second shift. <laughs> anyway. Father, thank you so much for pastors that have your heart. Actually, what I'm going to do, this, this is what I'm going to do. Denny, come up and, uh, and uh, Billy, come on up. Come on up here. Just, I want you to hold her arms up. Not too high, though, just where it's too comfortable. Is that okay? You're comfortable? Okay, all right. I don't want you to be uncomfortable or anything, but just kind of hold her arms there like that. And, uh, and Father, thank you. Thank you for our pastors, Lord. They're genuine, they're real. They don't complain. I've never... Uh, heard Pastor Andy complain. I've complained to him, but he, no. We've had our talks, but he's not a complainer. He's a lover. He does. He loves people. Now, I've seen him frustrated, Lord. You know I have. But you'll do that behind closed doors, and then we pray together and say, well, you know what? We're going to love the people. That's what we're called to do, and we'll love the people. No matter what decision, they got to make their own decisions. We're going to love the people. I've seen that, Lord. Father, thank you for genuine pastors with your heart. They don't want to corral them. They don't want to beat the sheep. They don't want to hinder them. They don't want to hurt them. They want to love them. So thank you for our pastors. Totally, totally bless them in every way possible, Lord. Bless them. And then, Father, for us, the rest of us standing up here, Lord, you... You, you, you've talked to us. Some of us have been here faithful with the assignment you've given us to serve in this house, to serve people. Not to serve the pastor, but to serve people. But to help the pastor, serve people. And then some of us are saying, you know what, today's my day. Something needs to change. I, I, I can be useful. I want to be useful in, in, a, in a house, in a, in, a, in a house like this. Or maybe some are saying, Lord, you know what, this message, it it kind of rested me. It kind of stirred me up. And I think there's something there. Don't know what it is yet. But, but I want you, Holy Spirit, to further influence me and show me what to do. How can I be a blessing? Lord, you, your covenant says that you blessed us. Why? So we can be a blessing. And Lord, if we're blessed in this house, then we can turn around and be a blessing. If we've learned how to reach up and we learn how to reach out, then, Lord, we can reach in. Wow. Bless your people, Lord. Bless them. Bless them good. Bless them good. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Are you blessed today? Amen. Praise God. We'll give the Lord a hand. Go back to your seat just for a moment, if you would. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.